Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Good morning, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Tori, and I am the host of the Tori Says Show. Today is June 10th, 2019. Wow, has June flown by already or what? Wow. This week is kind of packed. And I think the weekend kind of allowed us to build the foundations from Friday to Monday to have this buildup. We're having a lot of uh, transparency come through, a lot of things coming to fruition, and there's a saying that I, that, um, I say all the time is that justice and truth never, ever come in with a Ferrari. It's always with a donkey, isn't it? It takes forever. But when it comes, it allows those that are corrupt those that have uh, assisted in trashing those that are just, those that are fighting for our country, those have, that have put their lives, their names, their reputations, and their skills on the line for the sake of the nation. When they're so busy tearing them up, It is so much fun to see them come down and they fall hard. Because if you talk, 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 and you take it to the top, like Schiff, trash, 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 trash. Where is he now at the peak of the Democratic Party talking smack? Well, he's just going to have a lot further to fall with the statements he makes. This applies across all boards. So today we have a few weird things that just happened. Okay. So early this morning, I got a uh, confirmation uh, from someone at the border that we already have uh, one illegal migrant confirmed to have Ebola. Hmm. So drugs coming into our country isn't a big deal for the Democrats. Child and human trafficking isn't a big deal for the Democrats. Yeah. Forget the gangs. Who cares? But what about disease? Disease is an issue. Here's a little history thing. Do you know why Europe was plagued with the Black Death, as they call it? People say it's, you know, they got uh, the bubonic plague that went around, uh, you know, sweeping across Europe was from rats. It was from, you know, uh bad hygiene, etc. The fact of the matter is, is that that wasn't the case. It was when the East came out sweeping to the West. So it was just before the Ottomans 
and you know the Mongols came down and out from Asia that they swept to push to the west. So we had those coming in from the Middle East. We had the Mongols. We had the other Far East Asian countries that were just coming into Europe, you know, full speed ahead. And you have to remember that different climates equal different tolerance. Uh, Different climates or I mean different geographical areas have different animals, right? Animals that we have here in the United States aren't in France. Animals that are in Australia aren't in the United States. Same thing with Mexico and whatever, right? So don't you think that animals from Asia, animals from Iran or bugs or anything like that didn't come with them? They just, what, did they sanitize themselves? Did they like check their cargo so there's no stowaway? No, they didn't. And it's through mass invasion type, mass migration, You can't call it migration, what's happening at the border. That's invasion. But that is how you get disease to spread. And you know what sucks? Is that we have our border patrol agents there on the front lines being shoved, you know, into uh, this position where when they go home, they can get their children sick. And their wives and husbands sick who will then go to work or go to daycare or go to school or go out with friends and get them sick. I mean, when do we draw the line? Now, I can say that I am disappointed. I am disappointed that he, uh, that the president reached an agreement with Mexico without implementing the tariffs. I would have liked to see a 5% tariff and say, all right, let's see how you do with this. And, you know, with 5%. And if you do a good job, then I'll take it off. You don't do a good job, I'll raise it up. That's what I would have done. So I hate the fact that they pressured him into working with Mexico because AMLO has not been you know, motivated. Now he was motivated because all the paperwork was in check and everything. But I would have loved to see a 5% tariff stay there just as a test run to say, look, man, I'm going to check you out. If you do a good job, take it off. You don't, goes up to 10. And that's how it should have been done in my opinion, but I'm not president. So ergo can't really talk about that. Now, in the second half hour, I'm going to have uh, Scott Adams with me. So I thought maybe I could just kind of touch upon in this first half hour before the second half hour where I'm going to get into Turkey. Uh, I wanted to tell you about Turkey because I've been talking about Turkey since November. Talked about Turkey a couple weeks ago. I even wrote an article about Turkey and the F-35s and S-400s. And that's all coming to play. Because if you remember, there was a phone call from Turkey so that President Trump goes to Turkey this month or July to meet with Erdogan. Turns out it's not really going to happen because a lot of things are going on. So let me start with something that Matt Gates said. So I'm going to play a little clip of him saying something. And then once he says is something, let's talk about it. 
the corrupt origins of this investigation inside the Obama White House, where we weren't just violating the rights of our own citizens in our country. We were actually off trying to pressure our allies like Britain to collect intelligence on people that we would have had no ability to do here in the United States. All of that together spells bad news for the people in the Obama White House. And like I said before, spells bad news for people in the Obama White House. Because think about it. Just think about how pedestrian and stupid and thick and cocky they were. They commanded not only our covert intelligence agencies and all of them, basically, if he wanted to, but he couldn't because, you know, there's patriots working there. And the problem is, is that in the really good intelligence agencies, none of them are really employees. They're all contractors. So and they're off the book. So you can't really find them. So they'll just keep note and hand it over when it's time to serve justice. That's the way it goes. So. He had command of the FBI. He had command of the CIA because we know CIA is the fourth unelected branch of the government. Okay. And Schiff today tweeted something out that tells you that they're in charge and they tell us what to do when they direct us. And I'll read that to you. But I want you to understand just how uh, the the audacity they had and how they thought they were going to get away with everything. And what he said was they activated our allies to use their intelligence agency. And I've said this before many, many times to monitor our own citizens because they couldn't legally do it. Right. And this will bring us back. We'll remember this statement, which is very important when we get into the whole Carter page um, issue in just a moment, because you have to understand that the FISA warrants were not done accidentally. It was done very methodically, very carefully, and with a very solid plan in place. So before I get to that, I want to read out uh, Adam Schiff's tweet this morning that I responded to. So Adam Schiff tweeted, denying climate change won't make it go away. The job of the intelligence agencies is to tell policymakers the truth, not what they want to hear. And that's what they did, despite White House efforts to muzzle them. We will get to the bottom of this. And that wasn't in in, uh, in response to a uh, pub, uh, tweet out by Juliet Alperin, who said White House blocked an intelligence official from submitting written testimony to the House Intelligence Committee this week, warning climate change could be potentially catastrophic on the grounds uh, on the grounds that it didn't jibe with President Trump's stance. What? Okay, so how did she come up with that conclusion so it didn't jive with the president's stance so they're not going to put it? First of all, climate change is one of those huge money hoaxes, right? And yes, while I appreciate that human beings do contribute to this biodome and may manipulate it by more so uh, providing, you know, um, greenhouse gases, I don't want to say that because it's not really. So your CFCs, the pollution, we do we do actually contribute to that, but it it's nothing. 
It is absolutely nothing. It's like, imagine a big, big giant. And it's like the giant is huge. Imagine the giant is like 50 feet tall, looks like a juggernaut, right? Super built, probably even made out of stone, right? And you throw a rock. It's going to bounce right off, right? That's exactly how it is. Now, accumulating, you know, over thousands of years, maybe there will be impact. But anything we see on polar caps melting and shifts, um, hold on, that happens on its own. It's a natural circadian rhythm of the planet. Every, I think, uh, what is it, a couple thousand years, we have a mini ice age, uh, and then we get into heat. I mean, we have ice cores that prove this stuff, and it's like those that actually have evidence with like ice cores to say what you're saying about climate change is BS are the ones that are buried. And then there's like 12,000, you know, publications, you know, that are all paid by the same people to say the same thing, and they have no evidence. None of them will refer to any ice cores they get from the Arctic or Antarctic. Nope, 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 nope. We have to take into account. There's a a matter of astrophysics, the way the planet is placed. There's so much that goes into our atmosphere and how it responds as a whole, as a biodome. So this is BS. But this tweet had nothing to do with climate change. See, one thing people don't seem to understand is that clandestine agents, kind of like Comey, when he tweeted out that false flag tweet, you know, we'll get into, we shouldn't really get into that, but he tweeted out something that was decoded, turned out to be a false flag attempt. Now, what Adam Schiff is putting out is garnering the troops here to understand that this hearing that's going to happen today with John Dean, they better understand that it's more substantial and they need to come on board because our intelligence agencies know best and they're not going to, and the intelligence agencies that are responsible for providing their information will give them the truth, um, not what they want to hear. So there's a lot of people that are saying, dude, don't push for impeachment because this is going to help President Trump. And then the Democrats are like, no, we need to look at it. This is why they're bringing John Dean. They're trying to canvas the scope to bring Republicans on board and Republicans that are on the fence and kind of thinking about it and saying, yeah, there may be obstruction, so why not look at it? Oh, or they'll come out, guarantee you, with things like, well, uh, you know, I believe that the president is innocent, so I believe that we will allow Lady Justice to take its course. You watch them say it. You watch them say it. So this is his call out. I won't decode it in full, but to those Republicans, two of them, that are just like Schiff, clandestine, because, you know, I retweeted Adam Schiff and I said, you should know a thing or two because you're, you're, you're CIA. And he was referring to two guys, right? Two guys, Republicans, also CIA. So it's really, really important that we pay attention to the information they put out to us and how they put it out and what they say.
right now what we can see is that we're getting the feeling in Washington, D.C. that everyone is in pure panic mode. They don't know if they're coming or going. They're like, is it going to be declassed today? Carter Page drops a bomb on uh, Baratomo and he's letting it out. Uh, I want to play that clip for you guys really quickly. There have been growing scrutiny and questions over edits and omissions in the special counsel's findings. Of course, this comes as Attorney General William Barr has been given the authority to declassify documents related to the origins of the Russia investigation. That includes FISA warrants that targeted my next guest. Joining me right now is Carter Page. He's former foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign and famously spied on. Good to see you, Carter. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Mark. Well, I want to talk about what's going to happen in the week ahead, because there seems to be a lot of expectation that we'll see more information, documents coming out. What are you expecting in the in the week ahead first? You know, I, I think as Chairman Meadows was saying, the more transparency, the better. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. There's been a lot of promises and a lot of calls from strong leaders like him, Chairman Chairman uh, Graham, Chairman Grassley, Chairman Nunes going back years already. So hopefully we finally start seeing Well, some tell results. me about what you're expecting. We talked about this earlier. You said you think there's going to be an avalanche of information. What kind of information might we find out from some of these documents that none of us have ever seen before? Well, I think, you know, as you were alluding to in your last uh, segment, really what we had here in the Mueller report was just a half the story, right? There, is, there are so many specific details related to what actually happened, which was just, in this document, just completely spun to advance the Democrats' narrative and to try to push forward with the ridiculous concept of impeachment. So we'll have to wait and see. But I Okay, I just want to pause right there. Let me explain to you what he means by that, because a lot of people are like, well, I'm a little part of says. Okay. When you want to paint a picture about someone, what do you do? Say they have, you know, five. Okay, let's put Carter Page, for example. Let's say he has five companies. And, um, you know, the three companies are actually subsidiaries of the two companies. Now, the three companies are based in other countries. I'm just giving an example. This has nothing to do with the content, okay? I'm trying to break it down. So these three companies are located in three different foreign countries. Uh, and the reason they're there is because they have staff there. And I don't know, they're cutting down banana trees. I'm just saying. Now, as Mueller, instead of him saying, you know, he has these two companies and they export fruits. Uh, he'll say, look, he has three companies and foreign nation, ergo foreign agent. For example, um, you know, Carter Page, he's a PhD, right? So they'll say, well, you know, he's got a PhD, but he's lying about his education because here we only have his bat. We, we don't have a bachelor's degree. All we see is a PhD. This is how they, they, they change the way people see a situation. Because if you remove information that, that exonerates or makes it look completely dumb that you even stated it, right? You're not going to put it in there. You want people to, do you want to villainize them, right? You want to villainize Trump. You want to villainize the Trump campaign. That's how it works. And you know how it works? First, you do it on document in court, and we saw Mueller do that, right? Even with Flynn's uh, lawyers, uh, the lawyers that left a message to General Flynn's lawyer, he only took excerpts of it to make it as guilty as possible. And then when you see the whole thing, it was like totally normal talking shop between lawyers. 
This is how they operate. So not only do they put uh, information, right, that makes someone look guilty because they want you to think that. They remove anything that can make them look innocent, right? And then they have their parrots, the MSM or paid trolls, right? Because there are people that get paid to troll. I mean, we know this from the Krassersteins and in every facet there are. Losers, total losers. And so then they just push that idea, you know, skipping over the parts where, you know, it's completely, what are you talking about? Like, why would you even put that in there? Like, it makes no sense. It's like someone saying, hey, you, you ran um, a a crowd uh, fundraiser for, you know, XYZ. And you put it in a, in a document and you're like, yep, fundraiser for XYZ, nobody got their money. But you already know that neither did the person that raised the fundraiser did it, the crowdfunding did it, because it's still there. Because no account was sent to give it to the people that were due that money. So why would you put it in there? It makes absolutely no sense. Why? Because you need to paint a picture. Because if you discredit, if you make someone look crazy, if you make someone look criminal, if you make someone look um, unworthy, unreliable, untrusting, then you win the majority of the battle. But see, a lot of people are very patient, just like Carter Page. And here is what he's going to say about the omissions. Take a, take a listen. I think you know, the more information, the better. Explain that for a second, because you had dealings with certain people and you had worked with the FBI and the State Department before. You were actually reporting back to them about information about people. And then the way it was spun was... Carter Page, Trump campaign uh, advisor, is uh, dealing with Russian agent Kilimnik or (laughs) Russian agent um, whomever. So tell me what happened. Well, look, I think there is just completely false stories where, you know, as you're correctly alluding to, I told, you know, I was asked various questions, not only by, you know, state, FBI, et cetera, but also CIA. I had a longstanding relationship with, uh, with the CIA going back decades, essentially. And, you know, I was always very transparent, open. And unfortunately, it was completely spun that, you know, as as you're correctly alluding to in this fake Mueller report, they just refer to this as, oh, he's, you know, colluding, if you will, with these uh, Russian intelligence officers. That's I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm acting as a source, right, completely uh, helping our government and actually, oh, by the way, doing it for free. As opposed to these uh, DNC consultants who are getting paid by the DNC, getting paid by Russian oligarchs, but also getting, you know, 11 payments as Judicial Watch is uncovered in the year 2016, which is just so unethical. So, so what did he just tell you? He says, well, I've been working for the CIA. I've been working for the FBI. I've been working with all these people as a source. And they're using the fact that I was there as their eyes and ears against me when I was there because they, I was there for them. The bottom line is the reason they opened up the FISA warrant wasn't just him being there, you know, because when you're working, when you're assigned or if you're acting as a source for a specific intelligence agency, whichever, you can't talk about it. You can't say, yeah, I'm here to spy. <laughs> like you'll go to jail. You can't say it. So he even said, yay, Mueller, interview me, ask me or call me, ask me questions. Why aren't you asking me? But he didn't. Why? 
because it's easier for him to just put out this dossier. And this dossier also included the fact that supposedly he was brokering this huge $350 million deal for Arabs through uh, an energy company in North Dakota. And see, this energy company stems back to uh, uh, Paul Erickson, who is a very well-known Republican politician, right? Uh, well, he's more lobbyist than whatever. Everybody knows him. He has a lot of deep connections here in North Dakota. And there is so much to talk about on that because apparently this $350 million investment was to build houses in the Bakken industry and also do things with oil, with reservations. And you know, we have a lot of theft of mineral rights to our Native American Indians here. And this is going to be a lot of fun when it comes out because unfortunately sometimes you have information or you have access to it or knowledge and you just have to wait for it to drip. So, you know, today I'm telling you this was such a huge setup. You have no idea. So they tried to box in Carter Page with that and the fact that he was working for the government to be able to get a FISA warrant and they just use that against them so they can abuse their ex parte subpoenas and, and FISA warrants uh, uh, so they can spy on the Trump campaign. That way they can mitigate. That way they can help Hillary Clinton know what President Trump is doing so that she could win because by March they already knew, March 2016, that President Trump, was going to, that Donald J. Trump was going to be President Trump. They already knew it. Bottom line, they already knew it. And this was all mitigation. That's why they got FISA warrants. And to garner some insurance, just in case, even though they have inside information and they still can't win, even though they fixed the election and they still can't win, that they could do the rubbish that we see here with, with Comey pulling his usual stunt, and that's appointing special counsels. I'll see you all in just a bit. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? 
Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Crivota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Sess Show. So where we were at is we're talking about how the uh, deep state, the fourth unelected branch of government that I've explained to you, runs the show. They're your intelligence agencies, as Schiff calls them, that give guidance to presidents and legislators on what you're allowed to do and what not. Because if you listen to my show on Friday... The reason they penetrated the Bush 43 administration after 9-11 is why? Because he wasn't listening to them. He was trying to make decisions with people he trusted and with information he had. And they said, how dare he? Let's fix this. And that is exactly how it went. I mean, they had the opportunity to initiate this mass surveillance program right after 9-11. They set up the ground, you know, and in order to penetrate the White House and take control and show Bush who's really in charge, right? They framed Scooter Libby, who did nothing. And the thing is, the deep state went into big panic. The minute out of the blue, President Trump pardoned Scooter Libby because he had already gotten a commute and said it. Why pardon him? Because he's saying, I know. Now, take a listen to what else Carter Page has to say. And I'll stop it when it's time to analyze, just in case it flies over. When you spoke with uh, Mr. Kilimnik, for example, or when you spoke with Mr. Halper, for example, were you under the impression that you were getting information for the State Department and the CIA and the FBI at that time? Were you, you had no idea that you were actually being surveilled? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, to the best of my recollection, I don't think I ever crossed paths with uh, Mr. Kilimnik, but I know I had a long-standing relationship with uh, Professor Halper, and you know we'll see. Again, I always believe in innocent till proven guilty, but I this was um, my conversations with him intensified right the month before my uh, 
illegitimate FISA warrant in September 2016, when all these defamatory articles are being placed by the DNC. And, you know, essentially all of my relationships with people in the Trump campaign and then Trump transition team and then early into the first months of the administration were all essentially underground. You know, it was always sort of behind the scenes. And Professor Halper was being very positive and, you know, he was like a uh, like sort of a Harriet Tubman figure of, you know, he understands sort of the injustices of my or he presented himself as understanding that. And, you know, I, I sort of trusted him. And, you know, if, if this is true, again, I don't what's it's sad about the FBI because they haven't admitted anything yet. I mean, they, there are these ridiculous statements that there's no spying, et cetera. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. So, so let me get this straight. You're working with the CIA for decades and you are reporting information back to the CIA for decades. Mm -hmm. And suddenly somebody puts your name in a Yahoo News article that you are a, a, a Trump campaign figure, perhaps colluding with these Russian individuals who you were actually getting information for for the CIA. Absolutely. That's yeah. exactly what happened. Yes, that and, you know, and it's part of there's a lot of misrepresentations. Hold, all hold that yeah. thought. We want to talk about this when we come right back. So b before um, she comes right back, which I think it's right back immediately, I just wanted to clarify that. So he's been working with the intelligence agencies and obviously they can't point to anything specific. So they need to find a Russia connection. They know that he's there collecting information. Stefan Halper, what a snake. He is a double agent. He is he just works for the CIA. He is the scum of the scum, like Strzok, like Schiff, like Comey. He's one of those. He's the fourth branch. He's one of those puppets that they send out. Very loyal. Very well paid. So Carter Page is there. They know he's there because he's doing stuff for them. So he's there. And they're garnering this information and using that against him. And they plant it in the media because that's what happens. They give information that'll make you look bad and then they pass it around so everyone can start spreading it and kill your reputation. So here's Carter Page thinking like, should I really take this seriously? I mean, why is Yahoo News reporting this? What do I do in this situation? And that was the concern for him. But then they found, oh, how did you broker a deal of $350 million if your company didn't have money? Well, I was the middle guy. That's how I did it. But okay, this is where they set him up. So they set him up further by saying that, oh, he's working in dodgy ways because how else are you going to renew a FISA warrant, right? So now they then set him up further and people that are Republicans help do this. McCainers help do this. Listen, stay with us more with Carter Page next. Welcome back. And we are back with former foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign, Carter Page. Carter, uh, the reason I'm asking you about these individuals who were named in the Mueller report is because many uh, congressmen have come on this program. Lawmakers have said once you prove that some of these people who reached out to you were actually assets of the FBI, of the State Department, of the CIA, that blows up the whole idea that these were just, you know, coincidences. Yeah. They can't, I'm talking about people like Stephen Halper. I'm talking about people like Stephen Schrage. Stephen Schrage is one individual that you haven't really spoken about before, but he invited you to that Cambridge conference, didn't he? Uh, yes, I've uh, admitted that in various uh, testimonies, both to the grand jury as well as uh, 
in uh, in Congress as well. But you know, I, again, I think both now, you know, the Democrats in, in Congress and the Democrats on this fake Mueller commission were sort of pushing this false narrative. And every time we talked about anything dossier related or anything, you know, U.S. intelligence assets coming after us related, they immediately tried to shift the subject. Isn't it quite extraordinary that you had so many international friends of the State Department, of the CIA, that were actually coming at you and at George Papadopoulos? I mean, Alexander Downer, Stephen Halper, Stephen Schrage. These, I mean, I mean, Downer, for example, Ms. was from Fudd. Australia. The others from the UK. And they're reaching out to you talking about your consultancy business and how they... they, they Tell me what they said to you. Well, I, see, I don't recall ever getting contacted by Downer. I may have crossed paths with them at some point. You know, to me, the bigger issue and the, the problem is less the fact that I'm having conversations with some people that's completely benign. To the contrary, you know, as I explained to Professor Halper and so many other people, including members of the FBI counterintelligence team, you know, I was getting these constant death threats or frequent death threats. Once your name was in the paper, a Yahoo News story targeted you Absolutely. as a Trump campaign yeah. uh, worker who was colluding, potentially. Yeah. And, and the sad part about it to me is that both, you know, Director Comey, Deputy Director um, McCabe, and even Mr. Mueller. I mean, I, I told his uh, committee that, you know, I had these threats, and they, no one ever mentioned any of that in this 448-page So do you report. think you were a tool? Do you think they just took advantage of you? I'm just concerned about national security and the fact that the Democrats led this really illegal efforts against our uh, democracy and our electoral system and led to all these death threats, not only to me, but so many. Okay, so I'm going to stop it there. Either way, it was ending. Did you hear that? So he got death threats. So this is what happens. When the deep state, when you're, when you are being used as a pawn, sometimes they want to, um, extrude information from you. Uh, they want to find out what you know, or they want to have you as the fall guy because they want someone else. They really don't care what happens to you. You could be harassed. You could be targeted. Your family, your kids, your, your, your schools, your work, anybody and their mother that's connected to you. They will harass you and they will sit there and be like, oh, well, oh, well. Mm. That is how disgusting people like this work. And I am so happy that we have someone like President Trump in office that's going to take care of this because uh, it's really important. Now, speaking of taking care of things, before we get into the Turkey F-35, I just wanted to play a little cl clip from CBS this morning because this is going to be really, really important. Take a listen. Subcommittee will hear from news executives tomorrow as the federal government prepares to investigate major tech companies for antitrust violations. Investigators are set to look into Facebook, Google, Amazon and Apple and whether they are creating an unfair market. Regulators would have to find the companies have monopoly power and took action aimed at bypassing fair competition. So CNET senior producer Dan Patterson is joining me now. Thank you very much, Dan. So, you know, a little bit for the audience, it's going to be another hearing about these platforms. It kind of all starts to sound the same. But what are federal regulators looking at now? Well, we are taking a look at anti-competitive behavior. 
the most thrilling way to start your Monday. <laughs> uh, hey, look, this might affect you in a few ways. Uh, first, this is kind of hard to prove, but it's pretty easy uh, when it comes to these big tech issues. Uh, for us to understand. So this could be a matter of Google surfacing uh, products that they own and control over competitors. Or it could be, for example, Apple in the App Store, which is an economy that they run. They take 30% of sales on transactions in that App Store, but they also compete in that App Store. Uh Okay, so I'm going to stop you. This is how they're pushing it. I'll tell you exactly what's going on. Do you remember when there was a blackout with AT&T? Do you guys remember Facebook? Google went down. Do you guys remember? Remember how I said that uh, when you want to see how wide your web is and who you're directly connected to, what do you do? You pull the plug on one and then you see the blackout. This is why it stemmed. These people are all working together under company under company through probably memorandum of understandings and agreements that we are not privy to. This all stems to the fact that they suppress you being able to search things online. I mean, I urge you to just Google one term in Google and then go into DuckDuckGo and search the same thing. You'll find that you will get more accurate and different results in DuckDuckGo than you win, than you will through Google or Yahoo or Bing. So the examination here that's going is that they have underlying, uh, you know, secret agreements between themselves to maintain what they want in the surface, and it's not just for purchases. Okay, it's competition on the whole plane, not just buying your T-shirt or your record or your app but your news. This is what it comes down to. Your news. Who are you suppressing? Why can't this store, why can't this person have an app on your store? What are you doing? Why are you suppressing books? Why are you removing these? Why can't they compete in this space? Antitrust is a big deal, especially when you're using Chinese products. And, you know, Google really wants to stay with Huawei. So this is going to be very, very interesting, super interesting. And um, you should stay tuned on that one. Uh, Also, just so people know, the DOJ, as I told you guys last week, opened up an investigation, reopened up an investigation on Epstein that sort of kind of came in between when we arrested George Nader. So this is going to be fun to watch. It's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, we also have, okay, let's talk global politics before this uh, hour ends and I bring on Scott Adams. So a couple weeks ago, I st- well, months ago, I started talking about Turkey and told you that the war is going to happen stemming through there, right? But what I did a couple weeks ago and uh, two weeks ago was talk about the F-35 delivery. Now, it is a really heated thing because these F-35s, you have to understand, are new. And uh, the S-400, um, you know, surface-to-air missiles systems that Russia is selling to Turkey... 
target F-35s. Why? Because they recognize them as enemy aircraft. Now, even though Turkey says that they can circumvent the software of S-400 missiles that they own to not shoot them down, the U.S. government is concerned that if they have these F-35s and as they're trying to mitigate with the S-400s, that they will be providing their technology and ergo access to intellectual property of these F-35s. Now, one might say this is trivial. The bottom line is, is they need to pick. Which side are you standing on? Which side are you sitting on? And so I called it weeks ago. And the Pentagon chief said that the F-35 cooperation is about to end. This was announced on June 7th. He said it's about to end because the missiles are being delivered. So this was actually put forward. So the F-35 participation in the program is to end on July 31st because they decided as NATO allies, because Turkey, keep in mind, is the second largest military force in NATO after the United States. And right now, Underneath our noses, the European Union is seeking to expedite their entrance into the EU in some way that avoids the vote. It's kind of like more like on an economic support way. Merkel's really busy at that. Really, really busy. And the reason that I say that this is an issue, and I repeated this two weeks ago, is that if indeed... Turkey gets this um, quasi-membership within the European Union. It means that the EU army that Macron and Merkel have been pandering for, the EU army that they say they have the need to have to protect themselves from Russia, China, and the United States, means that we are out of NATO so the defense minister, Akar, right, um, uh, defense minister Akar of uh, Turkey received a letter saying that they need to change course. They received it from the Pentagon on the S-400 missile system and said, this is how we can cooperate. But Turkey is not having it. They are not having it. This dispute has been going on for, for, for over almost two, no, over two years. It, it the ties between the U.S. and Turkey are zero, absolutely zero. And I've always said, and I'm going to stay with this, that when the war breaks out in the Mediterranean, and it'll be thanks to Turkey, because Turkey is the one that's running Idlib. Turkey is the one that's funneling money to Iran. Turkey is the one that is attacking anyone that is conservative, anyone that is anti-Sharia, Wahhabism, whatever you want to call it, anyone that wants to disarm, no, I, I wouldn't say disarm, but liberate Iran are their enemies. So it's really important that we understand that on the bottom, when it comes down to the crunch, it's going to be Russia that's going to have our back. You know, Turkey has indeed been for whatever possessed us 
to do this. I don't know who at Lockheed Martin Corporation decided that Turkey should be our international partner for F-35s. Like, I want to find that guy and string him by his toes. Like, how do you cut a deal with our latest technology in fighter jets, right, with a country that isn't even allowed to enter into the Arab summit because they're considered radicals. They're considered radical Islamists. Do you understand that? The Arabs say that about them. You know, the Arabs of, you know, countries like Iran, like Iraq of Saudi Arabia say that they're too radical and they've been excluded from that, you know, group of people. Yet we're going and giving them our top, you know, fighter jet technology like this is it's in, it's insanely crazy, right? So that's number one. We need to find out who decided that Turkey needs to do this. I know that there's one senator in Illinois that was like, yeah, you know, we're going to deliver these and do that. So it's it's pretty concerning. This is what the Obama administration did, because if Turkey has the F-35s, then the F-35s or the S-400s, because here's the creepy part, right? When you want to go to war with someone, you have to have their technology. So I'll give you a fast forward. Let's pretend I'm a time traveler. Who knows? I may be, right? And you want to uh, get rid of your enemy and you share the same fighter jets. But you and nobody else have S-400 surface-to-air missiles. Now, you have access to both of these technologies. You can rig those technologies to be able to identify your own F-35s as friendlies but everybody else is his enemies. I mean, you can, right? Certain algorithms, certain, uh, you know, codes that you could put in so they can register and read. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So this is huge. And the fact that Shanahan came on the record and said, you know, hey, Turkey, you could prevent this program from being suspended because your fighter pilots are now sitting on their butts. They're not flying anymore because we're not playing with you anymore. That is, that is huge. And it indicates that this is going like the way that I said it was going to go and that Turkey is indeed um, being coined as the enemy. Now, I have said it before that Erdogan has been making some outrageous claims, you know, calling, uh, you know, other people yowers, which is like the N-word for non-Muslims. And, you know, uh, the justice minister, Gui, said that um, Turkey's stance against terrorism um, is, is strong and urged Western politicians to take actions against rising anti-Islam attacks. So he calls such terror attacks against Muslims, even though they're infrequent they're, and um, uncoordinated with any larger group, the Muslim attacks against uh, infidels are organized, calculated, and ambiguous. So he's, what, he's like trying to put forward that we need to be more Islam-friendly. And you know, Turkey is the leader of these jihadis. Turkey is the one that's helping funnel money. Did you know that in Turkey, they hold what they call conquest prayers, like taking over people? Did you know that Turkey slaughters thousands of Kurds almost daily, but nobody talks about it? I know 
Greece had called them out back in 2015 to the European Union, or was it 2014 when they tried to enter? And they said, they keep killing the Kurdish. And the Turks are like, well, they're our enemies. How are they your enemies? Well, they're not allowed to live here. That's the same thing Saddam Hussein did. Saddam said they can't take northern Iraq. You know, uh, Turkey says they can't take southern Turkey. So it's like, where do they belong? Because there is a Kurdistan. And you watch those lines get drawn. Because it's really important people understand that Turkey has one goal, and that's to revive their Ottoman Empire from the days of yore. That is exactly where they go. And um, now that they're facilitating, you know, um, the European Union is facilitating their expedited membership into the EU, uh, you know, Turkey has also extended their arms. Oh, we'll help you out there like Canada and, you know, Australia. We're more than happy to help you crack down on Islamophobia. You know, this is what they're doing. And I'm telling you, war is imminent. And this is why the United States has been dropping masses amount of weapons and choppers and tanks to the eastern shores east northeastern shores of greece that have not only reinforced the greek military but the romanian too which is like nobody's asking these questions why are they dropping why is the united states all of a sudden delivering so many weapons and so much cargo and weapons to the countries that border turkey no one's asking those questions at all with Idlib, big deal right there. Mentioned it in November, mentioned it again. Uh, you know, I've been doing it almost at least once a month, that that is a very important position. And last week, the president said, I don't like what's happening in Idlib, right? And that's because Turkey has pushed out their supposed green zone border, and this is how they fund. And you know, the funding isn't just done with oil, because everyone keeps saying, oh, they sell and, and they sell oil, and that's how Iran funds them, the Hezbollah. No, it's money laundering. But the only thing that's actually being sold for money is uranium. So this is really dangerous, especially when you're seeing that the European military is now being more aggressive to be formed. I mean, Germany stole gold from Venezuela. They stole it like sticky fingers stole it. The uh, the Germans and uh, the French have now uh, done a mass recruitment for their military they are training with the Ukraine, but the Ukraine is on the rocks because they're kind of like, uh, I think we made a mistake going into the EU, which by the way, tough noogies, uh, Germany owes you five times, owns you five times over. They literally own all mineral rights in the Ukraine. So it's a serious hot mess that is like a pot that's ready to blow and there's just bubbles going on under it and it's all going to come down to turkey and you're going to see that russia is going to be the one that's going to come to the aid of uh, our allies and us in general because now that we're going to be unmasking iran to, for what it is we're going to have some incredible findings coming soon. I'll see you all after this break with Scott Adams.
Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, so this is the second hour of the Tory Says Show, and I have Scott Adams that's going to be joining me. I just wanted to tell you guys two uh, funny pieces of news that I found. I found them hilarious, actually. So one thing that happened uh, over the weekend that was reported, actually, is that do you guys remember when Macron was over with his geriatric wife, you know, his old school teacher, Mrs. Robinson? Well, he and President Trump had supposedly planted a tree, uh, you know, at the White House to uh, represent the friendship between. (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing just thinking about it to to symbolize the friendship between the two leaders and the countries. Well, uh, according to Yahoo News uh, yesterday, that tree is now dead. So I found that hilarious and totally on point with the relationships that we do have with these globalists and that's is dead nobody wants to hang out with them nobody wants to play with them we don't want any part of that we want america first and that's the way it should go and on another note i saw that michelle obama is you know playing with some women's team and you know basketball i think it is and i'm like Aren't we all tired of these transgenders playing on opposite sex sports? Like, why do men have to play with women and then pretend that they're, you know, women winning when they're really men pretending to be women anyway? With no further ado, let's uh, welcome Scott Adams uh, to the Tory Sess Show. You can find everything you need uh, in regards to news and a little bit of uh, extra insight at uh, www.scottadamsshow.com. Scott, welcome. Hey, thank you, Tori. Yeah, intramural, intramural basketball is dead now that they've allowed men to compete with women. Uh, you you just said uh, the former first lady is is on that intramural team. Yeah, well she's she's yeah. That's My inference was that she's not really a lady. No, I just think she would you know give Dick Buckus a run for his money being the linebacker for the Chicago Bears, but that's about it. Oh my gosh, Chicago Bears. <laughs> Where did that come from? So I wanted, uh, so so early, I, I just. It's like a really great middle linebacker. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> we are so bad. I'm, I'm still laughing over the tree. You know, I'm still laughing over the tree. Every time I, I see someone like my tweet or my post on Facebook and it's about the tree, I just can't help but laugh. Um So in my first hour, I was telling everyone about Carter Page and what he was talking about and how he analyzed it. And I also talked about the F-35, S-400 with Turkey. So what do you think is the most important thing right now uh, that people need to be paying attention to today? It's certainly not John Dean. There's a lot of things we could be paying attention to. And I just think that... um, uh, you know what we're experiencing now is, you know, a lot, a lot of new information coming out. I, I, I think that what happened over the weekend was Carter Page's announcement. Not that you and I didn't know this, uh, but the mainstream media and is having to deal with it. They're having to deal with Carter Page being a plant now. That and all the different things that debunk. Uh, the Mueller report, and everybody now, I think it's in the mainstream that the Mueller report is fraud. Now, I remember two, three weeks ago, I had a 
conversation with a buddy of mine from Philly, liberal. And, you know, what the liberals are doing, he, when, when I listen to him speak, he's basically telling me what's going on in the public. And he just thought that the Mueller report was gospel, that anything that the Mueller report said was true. And now we're realizing that the complete the Mueller report was a complete falsehood. And everybody is saying that now. And it's starting to get into the ether. And and ba- basically what you had is you, had, you used to have the, MS, the MSN, the mainstream media, dominating what truth was, even though it, it was gaslighting. It wasn't true. Uh, and now you're seeing them lose. You're seeing them lose the narrative uh, once and for all because they've lost their numbers. They've They've dwindled to just about nothing. But when you take a look at, you know, someone like Kilimnik, right, and how he was misrepresented uh, as, uh, you know, in the Mueller report. He wasn't listed as a State Department asset. And then you take a look at Dowd and his interaction with Flynn's attorneys and how Dowd was misrepresented by about a minute of his excerpts gone. And you take a look at Rick Gates getting immunity to try to take down Manafort. They went after key specific people. But I've been saying for the longest time, if you, if you dismantle Russian meddling, you no longer have anything else left. Because Russian meddling was the insurance policy. If you have Russian meddling, then you can't, then, then basically the, I, the intel community, the IC, can say, well, they were going after the big bad Russian bear and... Then Trump got caught up in the crossfire. It wasn't their intent to survey and spy on a a Trump campaign. And so therefore, they weren't guilty of uh, that crime, and they weren't then guilty of treason. As soon as you take Russian meddling off the blocks, you leave them out in the wind. Basically, they have no reason why they would have ever surveyed uh, the Trump campaign. And so that would have been intent intentional espionage, intentional election fraud. And then after Trump won, despite their efforts, the insurance policy had to kick in and they were going to try to commit treason with impeachment and a whole host of other things. So what was left is they have intent and treason. That's what happens when you get rid of the Russian meddling. Well, and, well uh, Scott, the thing it, is... And the, the, you still have George Nader, you still have Stefan Halper, we still have George Papadopoulos and Joseph Mifsud to account for. There's so many other things that are going to be coming out this week. Yeah, but the thing is, and they didn't week. get the FISA warrants because, uh, you know, uh, they, they wanted to make it more legit. Because if you remember in September of 2016, and it had happened also uh, in April of 2016. Was it April? Wait. No, it was June of 2016. The FISA court was aware that a a certain algorithm called Hammer was not working properly, supposedly, at the NSA. So apparently the 72 upstream was being held. And I wanted to bring this in because there's people that I saw today, someone tweeting that Snowden should be pardoned. And what people don't seem to understand is that uh, Snowden was actually employed to steal the software the NSA has to hand it over to the CIA to use and penetrate and piggyback because the problem that they were finding was that they couldn't regulate this algorithm. And if you read judge Collier's opinion uh, in September of 2016, where Carlin had deposited, you know, the 702, um, 
you know, certifications of how they spy on people, right? He said that there's got to be a software because for some reason it's just capturing data. It just so happened that that data that it was capturing from the 72 upstream because, and, and I'll reiterate just quickly, 72 upstream is that anything you say, anything you text, email or whatever is held in like a holding bay for 72 hours and then it's dumped. That's the law. They hold it in a holding bay for 72 72 hours. They don't look at it. They don't read it. They don't listen. The only time they'll do that is if there's a warrant issued within that period of time. Other than that, it's dumped. Well, what they saw was is that even though he presented these 702 certifications, for some reason, this software, which is, um, you know, uh, Viking, let's say, um, or known as um, the hammer. There's so many words for it. It's the Ragnar program. Uh, basically, was just selectively holding information all the time from specific individuals which were part of the Trump campaign and then some so there is there is why they had to put these FISA warrants because they needed something more legit and to actually create the Russian narrative too so because a FISA warrant wasn't going to give them as much information as what funny business they were already doing abusing our 72 upstream collection and edward right. snowden remember, is responsible for that okay uh, obama hired him to do it yeah remember clapper lied under oath that not winningly were they spying on you know taking collecting the metadata and they were so there's that but then there's also you know um in the origins of the fisa warrants you have sally yates who knew everything about carter page being a cia asset and and an FBI asset. And yet they still put FISA warrants on Carter Page because he was connected with the Trump administration. It was just a cheap excuse to to basically, I think, uh, turn on a long-term uh, committed uh, human resource for the CIA, the FBI, the State Department, and turn on him, use him, knowing full well that what he was doing was legitimate work for the United States and open up a FISA warrant, duping, duping. And I don't even think you can say that you were duping Conyers anymore. I think you have to now admit that the FISA judges were in on this. And that's how they opened up the wiretaps on Trump. So I think that what we learned over the weekend in the public, and what you and I have probably known for a while, Carter Page, being that he is now this guy that was working for the United States and admits it. How could you open up a FISA warrant on one of your, you know, basically your spies? Especially when you're monitoring them anyway. See, what people don't seem to understand is if you work for the intelligence community, they're monitoring you anyway. Because they want to make right. sure that you're not telling well, one anyone anything. So it's like so dumb. Yeah, it's so dumb. And you know what? I, I, I'm going to tell you something. In regards to this, these corrupt antics, I'm going to be really, really pissed because I know and I heard it through the pipeline that, um, you know, uh, Barr is going to kind of give in to Nadler to give him what he wants. I know that we have a full D class, so giving him the information is no big deal. But what concerns me is having the full declassification of the Mueller report, which is rubbish because it's selective, 
right? It's selective. Putting like Carter Page said on his interview with Maria, he said, you know, they don't put in there that I was getting death threats, that I was having concerns for my safety after they published this article in Yahoo because it was leaked by who was it leaked by? Who said these things? Why didn't anyone ask me? Why didn't the FBI come and say, hey, Carter, this is what we're hearing. Nobody asked him a question. They just went straight for the jugular for a FISA warrant. And that was necessary, like I said, because they were worried that Judge Collier would not give him an an extension in September of 2016. And she did, as long as John Carlin resigned, which he did. And then who stepped in? Scott McCord. And McCord and Sally Yates together worked on this stuff. And McCord and Sally Yates together worked on cornering Flynn and entrapping him. So we need to imagine this. You take someone like a Donnie Brasco who's embedded into a crime syndicate, you know, for whatever reason. Could you imagine opening up a FISA warrant on a political adversary because somehow you got a connection with Donnie Brasco? I mean, an FBI informant of any shape, size, or, or anything. I mean, you would never do that. That's something that would never be done unless you were intentionally trying to spy. And then let's not forget about Samantha Power and what she was doing and Susan Rice. We forget so much about all these things that we've learned throughout the last couple of years. When you put this together, and I, I believe Durham is doing that, when you put all this together, you're going to have a case that's so ironclad. Like after after they're done with Pienka and his testimony that says that, uh, you know, Andy McCabe and Peter Strzok were in fact doctoring the 302s and that Mueller was in fact doctoring the transcripts along with Weissman, it's going to be dead to rights that they're going to have these people and Sally Yates, I could already see where she's completely implicated now because she had to have known what what well, she's, assets, wait, 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 what wait, wait, human wait. sources she were. Knew, she knew because I'll tell you what, you know those doctored 302s with Flynn? I'll tell you how she knew. Mary McCord was the one that found out he had those conversations with the embassy. She's the one that leaked it. Because she was supposedly monitoring communications, which is normal, right? Especially, you know, when, you know, you're speaking with Russian ambassadors and she happened to trip over Flynn's discussions, which were totally legal, by the way. They all said it was totally legal, but they blew it out of the water because as a quasi-official, because you're incoming administration, you have the right not only to talk to them on the phone, but fly out to Russia if you fancied it. So, it, you know, this is a really big deal. And you're right, you know, Yates and McCord, they like coordinated this and it should be coming out. But I'm a little bit well, PO'd and then you know, with Barr succumbing today? to Nadler. Glenn Simpson, we haven't mentioned Nellie Orr, Bruce Orr. We haven't right? ne- mentioned the DNC and the Hillary Clinton payments. We haven't mentioned the meetings that were taking place in London with Comey, Strzok, Page, and Gina Haspel. We haven't mentioned, I mean, you could throw all these things in. You know, and then let's let's not forget about George Papadopoulos and all the ties that he had and the connections. Erica Thompson, uh, Alexander Downer, Joseph Mipsud. Uh, you can go on and on with this stuff. And there's several names. Robert Hannigan from GCHQ. What is the British intel going to going to say? You know, uh, George Papadopoulos tweeted over the weekend. He said, you know, Italy probably struck the first deal. And they're cooperating with the United States, uh, but you're going to see the British intel cooperate. You're going to, but it's going to be like Ukraine; they're going to be in trouble. Australia; they're going to be in trouble. You know, all of our so-called allies 
like we were talking about in the beginning here with um with that that tree that that died the emmanuel macron tree um you know our our traditional allies are dead to us right now because they've sold out uh they sold out democracy really is what they've done well, okay, so I, I want to, you're 100% right. Like, this was all collusion. What I wanted to discuss was the fact that they're having, you know, this kumbaya session with uh, Nixon's version of Cohen, right? This is, you know, John mm-hmm. Dean. John Dean, you know, was yeah. spiteful. He was nasty. He was a Goldwater, you know, pledged Goldwater oh, conservative. He hate, yeah, totally racist. The yeah. The, he's the burglar. Right. So he's totally racist. You know, he comes from Ohio. He's also got involvement in, in the MENA stuff as well, just so you know. Um, he was uh, President Nixon's uh, lawyer, you know, White House counsel, who was the only reason as to why was Nixon impeached? Because he said so. Because of his testimony, which we all know is complete BS. Like now, just the fact that the House Democrats are bringing in John Dean, I feel like they're going to be cooking s'mores over a fire talking about fairy tales on how they can spin this to make it like, uh, you know, collusion, delusion, how to make it into fruition for impeachment. It's crazy. Huh? All this is is a smokescreen. All this is is a smokescreen for the Kool Aid drinking, out the lunch, ill-informed uh, people that watch Rachel Maddow, Rachel Maddow for a living, right? I mean, the, the people that just want to be spoon-fed, you know, some sugar without any nutrients. Uh, that's who's going to buy into this whole John Dean thing because you know he he was connected with Watergate and somehow they think he's like serious business if they only knew this guy's bio he was married to a prostitute he uh a lot of people would argue that he was the one that instigated the burglary to try to cover up the prosecute uh, prostitute ring that was going to bring him and his wife down and they tried to cover it up and then he pinned it on you know and mark felt was an fbi uh employee uh, asset or FBI ranking member that was passed over for the promotion. Sort of like Mueller didn't get the job he wanted or or Comey was fired, right? It's no different today that you have this bunch of spooks in the FBI trying to overthrow a conservative president and colluding with a liberal media. And not only that, but guess what? Bob Woodward was connected with Alexander uh, Haig. The, I mean, uh, I, can you tell hot. me what do you, you think? The, what do you? What is your version of the Watergate? What do you think went down? Like in like a quick summary, like what do you think really went down with the Watergate? Oh, I think that Nixon had nothing to do with the plumbers, and the plumbers were there to cover uh, to get dirt. Uh, there's a couple of different scenarios as to what dirt they were getting, uh, but I actually have uh, I agree with Roger Stone to a large extent. And his, he wrote a lot on this. And he basically said that John Dean uh, was married to a former prostitute who was caught up in a prostitution ring with the Democrats and perhaps some Republicans, who knows. But he was trying to get the dirt that the DNC was going to try to use against certain key officials, as particularly mainly him, uh, with regard to the prostitution ring his wife was connected with. 
And uh, he tr he tried to cover. The, he was the mastermind of it. That's why he was the guy who was covering it up. He was the chief cover upper. Okay, and uh, there was a, a whole bunch of people. Gordon Liddy, for example, uh, and he and Gordon Liddy went at it. But the the main thing is is that he turned it around and got ahead of the story and threw Nixon under the bus. Is what happened. And there's no way that the plumbers were connected to the White House when that first happened. And what they tried to do is they tried to just uh, basically get Mitchell down, take Mitchell down and a couple of key figures. But he was protecting his own hide. He is a very corrupt attorney. He's a felon. And he was connected with that. So I think John Dean, it's kind of interesting that they picked him, Cherry picked him to be the guy. Because I could also tell you that Stefan Halper hates Trump has uh, tried to spin the Watergate narrative as 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 recently as a month after uh, President Trump was inaugurated. Uh, they were weaving this web, trying to get your mind, gaslight your mind into thinking that Trump was somehow worse than Nixon and that this scandal today was worse than Watergate. Everything that they're accusing Trump of doing, they were the ones that were guilty of doing it. The same thing is true about John Dean and his action is because he knew the inside players. He was able to take what he did and his guilt and project it onto somebody else. Guess who was on the Watergate committee? Hillary Clinton. Don't think for one second that she didn't know that playbook. Now, she was fired for um, being a liar, according to uh, the guy that fired her, uh, who was a longstanding guy. Uh, but he, she was fired from the Watergate committee. You know that, right, Hillary Clinton? Yes. Yes, I do. But you know what I, I um, you know, because I love history, right? So before we break, I just wanted to say that for Watergate, for me, uh, it just so happened that people were doing their own thing, that the plumbers indeed had nothing to do with the White House, and that in a sense that they tried to frame Nixon because Nixon was still digging into JFK. And so this is what I am, Actually, you know, huh? Very good point. Yeah, because he was a, still I, I digging. Yeah, he was still digging into JFK, and um, he knew that the DNC was behind it. And so what happened to, you know, to expose these human trafficking rings that we, uh, you know, coined prostitution, right? They're human trafficking rings. This has been going on and on, and we know it because there's a slush fund covering up those things too. In the Senate, uh, those were being investigated and someone may have had evidence of something about the JFK thing. He had nothing to do with the plumbers. They just gave it to him. It's kind of like, you know how... Um, uh, Don Jr. was put to go to the tower because they had some information they wanted to share. And then the person didn't have anything really to share kind of thing. It's kind of like that. By the but way, nothing but George Nader was, was in, integral in that meeting. George yeah, Nader, the pedophile. Exactly, exactly. But what I'm saying is this is the same thing, just different. Uh, different places and circumstances they tried to plant hey we've got inside information about leaked emails from hillary clinton that's because they found out that it was already on the dark net that someone had already taken it with a thumb drive and they were going to give it to wikileaks so it was the best way to do it was to plant that earwig hey i've got some opposition research i could give you and then frame them as if they got those emails or they were connected to it like they did to roger stone this is textbook nixon 2019 
19 version. Make an example. Yes. Yes. And John Dean, his his character in this version of the Nixon Watergate, right, which is Russiagate, is freaking Manafort. And not Manafort, Cohen. And I said Manafort. He's Cohen. Cohen is Cohen is John Dean. The guy that goes there and testifies and says whatever he wants. He says things that are false. Uh, the only thing is, is that he didn't get immunity and John Dean did. And so, you know, they got Nixon on cor- on obstruction because he fired all of them. Remember when and John Dean was really pissed because he had gone to uh, Camp David, came back with his report and then he was fired. So this was all retaliation. And that's what I'm, uh, you know, what they're trying to do is recreate Watergate. Hey, there's so many similarities because they are, are all rooted from the same playbook. Exactly. And they're just, they just brought it into this century. It's the same thing. And now they're going to be sitting around a campfire mm-hmm. together, singing Kumbaya and asking him, how can we spin this? And what can we use for Manafort? What can we take from the Mueller report? That's why I'm PO'd that Barr gave them the full Mueller report today now that they have John Dean. Yeah, so, but John Dean is as dumb as a rock. He is. Uh, he's not, he, he doesn't have the clever bone in his body. Yeah, I know. He's just a snake oil. Uh, believe it or not, Scott, I'm having a problem with my um, commercials running with volume. I don't know if you heard it on the intro. So we're going to blast right through this. No, I know. Yeah, so we're going to blast right through this. So what do you think they're going to be asking him uh, in just 30 minutes when he gets there? Oh, <laughs> it's going to be a charade. Uh, there's going to be nothing to it. It's going to be a whole bunch of lip service. Um, they're going to ask a bunch of gratuitous questions. There's not really anything to gain there you know i just the reason why they have him is because they couldn't get Mueller, but they don't want Mueller. so i think it's fascinating that they're actually trying to get people like what the, what business does does john dean even serve all he is is a political pundit that hates trump i mean so they're going to have him up there for a while you know i would love for them to start asking the questions about his wife he hates that subject because he can't make it go away because there's so much truth to it. Um, the prostitution ring and all the other things. But, you know, who cares about something that happened in the 1972? You know, nobody really cares. So he's sort of like immune to uh, personal attack. And yet he's just going to basically do what what um, he's going to do what uh, Michael, uh, Michael Cohen did for a, a whole half a day, which is to basically to talk about what a creep. Trump is like, uh, I guess his most recent tweet was he needed to get a, a Trump needs to get a dog. You know, that's that's the chapter that John Dean is on. That's what he can offer up. And people are going to love it. The people that don't really care about facts are going to love what he has to say. And he's kind of immune to whatever, because nobody really cares what he does for a living. He does nothing. Um, but he is a corrupt snake oil salesman. He's a corrupt guy, a, a dirty lawyer. Um, and he has not, no truth. He has nothing to offer but a pack of lies. The and only difference he's between he, him and, and Michael Cohen. And he's a Cohen, Goldwater. Remember Michael, that. Goldwater. <laughs> the only difference between him and Michael Cohen, though, really, is that Michael Cohen actually uh, um, got uh, basically gave uh, Trump a clean bill of health. Um, exonerated Trump. And the reason why he did that is when he said he was never in Prague and he said that he never witnessed any collusion whatsoever with Russia and Trump, uh, he basically was like, you know, you couldn't ask for anything better than that. 
especially from a guy that made himself out to look like he wasn't a, uh, he wasn't a Trump supporter, which, you know, all day he's bashing Trump, Michael Cohen, right? But at the end of the day, what are you left with? No collusion, never been to Prague. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I, I, I agree. And so this kumbaya is going to be a little bit, um, you know, on the insane side. I want to see what, why they brought him. I mean, I don't understand. This guy is Goldwater. That tells you everything. Completely racist. Completely hard socialist. Oh, Ian McCain are like they could be lovers. Right. John McCain and John. You know, think right. Yeah, you would have seen John McCain bring him on early. Pop. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And you know, John Dean had even once said that, um, uh, you know, he was part of this document. I don't know if you saw the documentary, the U.S. versus John Lennon, how Nixon tried to keep John Lennon out of the United States. Do you remember that? Anyway, there was an actual court case. Yeah, there was an actual court case. Mm -hmm. So he started singing, making it look like uh, something totally different than what it really was. Um, I'm just saying on that one. So I wanted to like point out a couple things that came at me today. So I saw that California has agreed to give full health care benefits to um, illegal migrants. And what confuses me is that the mayor of L.A. is complaining that they have a problem with homelessness and that they don't have enough homes and they don't have enough money, you know, to support all these homeless people. So I'm like, I'm failing to see how, you know, spending a hundred million dollars to give health care and facilities to illegals is helping their problem when in fact it's actually throwing more fuel to the fire. I mean, it, it seems really insane. What do you think their end game is? I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's like, all right, you want illegals, you want to flood the streets, you've got poop everywhere. Careful, they're going to... Yeah, but what would be the end game? They know yeah. this. I mean, you and I can see it. Of course they can. They're there. They're seeing all the poop on the streets, people sleeping on the streets, needles on the streets. Nobody okay. can work. Why are they doing this? I, I, to ask me that question, I mean, it would be, it would be me trying to answer Big Bird de Blasio's commitment to, you know, financing 300,000 New Yorkers who happen to be living there illegally. I don't get it. You know, I don't even get that. Or, or it was uh, Andrew Cuomo's promise that he was going to give free education to every illegal in New York State. I mean, at some point, then he comes down. And he asked for a hat in hand. He asked for uh, more aid from the federal government to Donald Trump. And Donald Trump said, start fracking, start fracking and we can talk, you know, because there's a lot of shale in New York State. So it's one of these things where it just doesn't add up on the calculator. So you wonder why they're doing it. And it's it's because they feel like they're going to get bailed out. You know, it's just the same syndrome that happened over Puerto, Puerto Rico and the same syndrome that happened in uh, New Orleans, where they took all the money that the federal government gave them, misappropriated it. Just like, you know, when, when California starts these fires on purpose, they get billions of dollars from the federal government and then misappropriate it and give it to the illegals. And once again, it's all about ensuring their power. It's all about giving illegals an ID so that they can vote. And it's not only that, it's not only ballot harvesting, it's vote harvesting. It's taking a human head 
and attaching an ID to it and then taking that ID, stealing that ID and actually distributing it throughout America so that a person like, you know, Julio Cesar or whatever, right, an illegal is out there in California and somehow his ID shows up in Ohio or Pennsylvania or Georgia and he doesn't even know that he's voting for, you know, Stacey Abrams in Georgia. He didn't know that. But he has an address. He has an early ballot. You know, and everything that the Democrats are advocating right now relies on human head, human human count. And that's why they're defending. That's why they're fighting tooth and nail the citizenship question. That's why they're fighting tooth and nail against voter ID. That's why they're voting voting. Uh, to fight for ballot harvesting. They're voting for early ballots in California. I, I mean, in Colorado, I think it's all early voting ballots, mail-in ballots. And so I just think as soon as you get that, you can buy and sell votes. You can give people IDs at mailboxes, et cetera, or you know, some UPS store ma- mailing center or PO box, and you give them that early voting ballot. But there's a thousand ballots in that mailbox with a thousand different IDs and the Democrats exploit this and they take all thousand ballots, check off the Democrat and mail them in. And those IDs came from California. That's a scheme that's been done in Kentucky. They've already had prosecutions and convictions related to people selling their ballots for crack or $20 bills. I have you know, a story to tell you. In, I have a story to tell you in Kentucky. So you know, in 2016, when they were like, check where you can vote and check where you're registered. I went online and I was searching for where I'm at, and it didn't have me anywhere um, because I wasn't registered. Um, you know, on a database. But when I put in my husband's name, who has no right to vote in the United States in the state of Kentucky, he was a registered Democrat. So <laughs> I contacted uh, the Secretary of State, yeah, and the and attorney, would not be- right, and the Attorney General, and I said, "Listen, man, uh, my husband has never voted. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, we were there for uh, the." 28 and the 2012, uh, you know, elections, uh, but he's never dropped the ballot. Um, I can send you an affidavit because for some reason he's registered as a Democrat and he was also registered as a Democrat in other states. Now, obviously he's, he's never, I remember when I went to vote, they told him go ahead. I remember that. When we were voting in 2008, he, I was like, come and see how we do elections in the United States. He came with me and they were like, you're on the list. And I was like, no, he's not freaking voting. He's not an American. No. And she was like, well, he's on the list. He can vote. I was like, no, he's not. And I was thinking, oh, it's because they pulled him from the DMV. That's the problem. But the fact who registered him as a Democrat. You know what I mean? This is what they do. They take people that have lived somewhere and maybe not transfer their address or maybe, you know, find them there that they won't, you know, or those that aren't supposed to be voting and they just recreate identifications and hand them out and create these mail-in ballots. That's crazy, isn't it? I mean, think every time I hear one of these stories, guess what? It's always in favor of the Democrats. It Every is. time I hear about a screen that's out of sync and person pushes a button and it lights up another button, it's always in favor of the Democrats. I, I've never really heard a story where the Republican benefited. Yeah, I, I kicked like, up the stink. I, I, it's 98% of the time. You know, and the other 2% is a legitimate mistake. 
Like errors do happen. But 98% of the time, it favors the Democrats. No, I, I, I agree 100%. And the thing is, I used to be a registered Democrat, right? And so because I was overseas, obviously, we get absentee ballots. Well, during the 2016 election, even though I'm in the United States and I'm voting in the United States, I got communication from the Foreign Service saying, hey, um, we sent you your absentee ballot. We haven't gotten it back. And I'm like, what? I'm in the United States. Like, you already know that. Why are you sending ballots to a foreign country? That is a registered, you know, Dem ballot. Why were you a registered Democrat? Because I was a Democrat. I was. Oh my God. Stop. Wait, wait. I I was voting. I I was voting Democrat. I voted. I voted for Obama. I did. I admit it. I did. And I had, I had no idea about Obama. And this is why I voted for him. There was no way I was going to vote for McCain. I already knew who he was, but there was so limited access to where I was at the time, you know, beefing up to the elections. I didn't have access to media because of what I was doing. So before I came stateside, uh, all I saw was this underdog and uh, media, you know, kind of just being very blasé. Like I didn't know anything about Pakistan because nobody talked about it. I didn't know anything about Valerie Jarrett and his connection with that because if I would have seen Valerie Reverend Jarrett's Ryan. name, right. I got a whiff of Reverend right, but if, game over. Right. If I would have gotten a whiff of Valerie Jarrett's name, just her name, I would have known, no way. But there was no way in, in, in any universe that I would have voted for John McCain because I, I already knew who he was. Obama, though, I didn't have any information on. So I was like, you know what? I'll just vote for that. He seems all right. You know, I didn't know any better. I voted for him. I say it. And it was the biggest mistake because it was an uninformed vote. It would have been better if I just didn't vote. But on the other hand, if I didn't vote, someone would have voted for me, right? (laughs) Because that's what they do. I had a smidgen of a favorable outlook on Barack Obama was when he gave his 2004 speech. And he said, not the red states or the blue states, but the United States of America. And I'm like, yeah, that guy sounds pretty good. I said, he, you know what I said to my buddy? He was a liberal. I, and I've been a lifelong Republican always. But um, I, said, uh, I said, wow. I said, he has a lot of promise, that guy, whoever that is. And then, you know, I started paying more attention in 2007. And then I got a whiff of Reverend Wright, and I was like, no way. This guy is like Manchurian all the way. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. And you know what? I think people are waking up because uh, I saw yesterday, uh, you know, de Blasio, who's a presidential candidate. Well, there was a new Iowa poll, you know, with 600 Democrats. He didn't get one vote. Yeah, zero. Zero yeah. votes. Like yeah, nobody, people are waking up. And you know, I'm going to say this, Scott, and you know, I'm fine going out on the limb, but I said that Yang's going to be coming up the ranks because Biden's not going to survive what's coming out. Now they're asking for his tax returns to see that there's no conflict with China, right? So that's done. Kamala Harris has disappeared into the Jussie Smollett background, right? Now they're questioning yeah, her citizenship. Yeah, but now they're questioning her citizenship because of, you know, her parents' legality being in the United States. So that's like a hot mess. Fake a haunt this. Never. Like, nobody likes her. P. 
Pete, Mayor Pete, like how sad is he? He's like, I'm gay. Just every five minutes he's gay and it's like, I don't care. And he's trying to relate to people and you see him taking whips, you know, like taking uh, swigs from 40s, like that's going to make him relatable. So he's done. Beto is just a train wreck. Like the guy is completely insane. So like I said, and like I predicted, all these clowns are just fattening up the DNC with different facets. Bernie Sanders too, because he's not going to come forward. He's not taking it. Yang is though, because I don't know if you saw his interview that he had uh, with Ruben on the Ruben report. It was really good. It was actually really yeah, good. Yang is Yang is not going to be able to sell. Everybody gets a thousand bucks a month. Well, if you watch that report, it totally makes sense, but it's not right for this time period. That kind of plan is good 25 to 30 years from now. Because we're not at that place yet. We're not at that place where we mandate uh, instantaneous type turnaround. We're not at that place where we have created the ability to have um, functional uh, alternative sources of energy. I mean, we're just we're we're in the baby stages when it comes to ethanol. You know, using corn and windmills. Like it's it's remedial. So what he's trying to push us, he's trying to put us into the era of the Jetsons and we're still you know playing with rocks so his plan sounds good but it's not now here's a new report that just came out from uh, the daily caller chuck ross does a lot of good work he says state department emails show that former state official jonathan weiner facilitate that's another name you're going to hear from facilitated meetings between dossier author christopher Steele and multiple private consulting firms. Weiner served as Steele's main point of contact to the State Department and was the official responsible for disseminating the anti-Trump dossier through Foggy Bottom. Weiner's emails were obtained through a lawsuit filed by Judicial Watch. So that's another, I mean, this is just, this is an avalanche of information because, you know, we have Kim, uh, we have, um, you know, Killamnik, Right. We have Kavalik. Kavalik is going to come out. I, I know a person that was actually in the steel Kavalik meeting um, personally. And that uh, that person, Kavalik, is probably going to be free and clear. Kavalik is the person that actually um, was saying to the FBI, the steel dossier is not vetted. It's raw. It's probably false. Don't don't buy into it. And yet the FBI went and got the uh, FISA warrants anyway with the full blessing of people like Sally Yates. And then the unmaskings unfolded with Susan Rice and Ben Rhodes and Samantha Power. People forget Samantha Power was working in the Senate office of Obama's Illinois campaign way back, you know. And here she is, the U.N. ambassador, unmasking like 260 times in the last year of her administration, you know, of the administration. It's really incredible, you know. But what we're going to learn about all of this stuff, I think, is just going to be totally fascinating and it's happening as we're speaking now it's not going to happen it's happening it's already started happening and what trump said the other day uh when he was uh he had the interview um with uh he had the interview over in england uh, over there uh was with um martha mccallum and he gave this answer and he said there's already enough information i've already seen enough that you did you know the proof 
to prove the case. He said, but there's going to be a lot more that's going to come out. Just just stay tuned. Watch. Well, Get out um, your popcorn. Yeah, no, I agree. And there's been a mysterious plane crash just now in Missouri with a Cessna C-425. So anyone listening that's on with planes, uh, the call sign on the plane, I can't make out the first one, is 622MM. So, you know, this is like a private little jet flying from Florida to Missouri. Only the pilot's in there and they're dead. They apparently flew into a silo. So this is, we're having a lot of curious um, private jets crashing. I don't know if you noticed that. And um, someone actually sent me a tweet where someone's actually keeping track of all these random deaths. Did you see that? How many people have died in the past? Like from June 4th until today, we've got the Arkansas Senator uh, Smith who was suicided, the Oklahoma senator who was shot dead at home, the NYPD deputy chief uh, who was suicided. He actually had access to the Wiener laptop. Ex-New Jersey Mayor Brian Brady. Oh, my gosh. I missed that one. Do you know who Brian Brady is? He was implicated in, like, this huge, you know, thing with a company um, that had murders, and then it was the brother that did it and not did it, and they were all linked to Hillary Clinton because they were the ones that did the server in her New York house, you know, where it got caught, where there was a fire. That's pretty weird. And then Detective Joe Calabrese from New York, again, access to the Wiener. News anchor Todd Togan, um, suicided, gunshot wounds, all of these. Uh, P- Pennsylvania well, how, police how deputy. About, how about Fredo Rodham? How about yeah, Fredo yeah, Rodham? Yeah. Well, we, you mean Tony, Killary's brother, I, right? I've got the names mixed up. Mm. Um, police chief, <laughs> the chief of police in. Fredo. In, it was the joke, right? I mean, right. they took him out. Right. Tony he Dow, knew too much. Yeah, but he also NASA World and World Bank. NASA Lola, Lola uh, Gulamova, and World Bank Jason Reif murder-suicide. So th- this is getting heated up, and then all these jets falling out of the sky. I'm just saying, like... It's pretty interesting. Bill Clinton in the White House and then her husband ended up committing suicide like the next day. Right. (laughs) I know. There are, you know, I I wanted to say we have so much information right now dropping about the the investigation, about the FISA, about what's circulating it from Carter Page to how they did the interviews. And we have the Democrats playing kumbaya with John Dean around, you know, b- g- cooking s'mores and making up stories. They don't yeah. Care. Yeah. Well, they, they want to find out story time. Power. Hmm? Yeah, but doesn't it seem weird? It's like they're sitting around to manufacture a story with John Dean. And instead of looking at the facts that are coming out and identifying where the issue is, because if they were really working for the people, they would be looking at this information that's coming out and talking about it and analyzing it. They're trying to bridge the 2020. Their last hope is 2020. And they don't see the writing on the wall. They're going to lose in a landslide. And this, this, all this, you know, hey, Trump, I mean, Beto, all he's running on is, is if I get to be president, I'm going to prosecute President Donald Trump and throw him in jail, like Nancy Pelosi said. I'm like, that's not a ticket to victory. No, it's not. Dude. But it's 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 something that'll fill up his bank account. Like I said, you know, they're not the candidates. 
I'm telling you, they're going to prop Yang up last minute, and he's just rearing his head. And you know, I'm very critical of him, very upset the way he's bringing in the socialism hardcore. When he has some good ideas, he's trying to put a socialist spin on it to give this false sense of security to people uh, that are dependent on the government or want to be dependent on their government or don't want to work. And so I'm very critical of him. And when I watched him on the Rubin Report, I was like, he's, he's talking a really good game because he's calling out the fake news media. He's making it clear that, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric going around and we're not cutting through the noise. Regardless of his noise, it more aligns with Ocasio-Cortez than a free uh, democratic republic. He's very well-spoken. And I'm telling you, uh, like all these candidates are losers. They're all total losers. So none of them are going to be, uh, you know, uh, winning at all. I mean, at all. And this guy is the only chance they have. And I think they knew that. And this is how they're working it. I mean, when's their convention happening to pick the candidate? Is it next year, March? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, keep in mind that it was about uh, what? It wasn't even this time uh, in 2015, President Trump entered the race and he never took a back seat. So a lot can happen. Well, Yang already, you know, I, he's already established himself to talk there. He's got the, the, uh, the people that funded. Is, is if Howard Schultz were to uh, run as a Democrat. Other than that, you know, Howard Schultz, to me, made the most sense. Really? And he has the most, yeah. I would say Crowder. Yeah, I mean, well, that could be too. Mm. Because they're not. Howard Schultz is one. Mm -hmm. I was just happy that he was an independent because he's got the money. He's got Starbucks, the brand that's so, you know, embraced by the liberals. Uh, And he's the one that could have brought that party to the center. Um, Yeah. As far as center as the liberal party is ever going to go. But uh, he chose to throw them on the Democrats under the bus and run as an independent. So the only thing he could do is run as a third candidate, third party candidate and ruin their chances completely. Yeah. Well, you know, right now I'm seeing a lot of um, issues, you know, at the border. We got our first. Yeah. We I'm going to say we have a lot of issues right now at the border. And the fact that we got our first confirmed uh, Ebola victim and we've been talking about this together. I've been talking about this for months that it's not so much the Mexicans or the Guatemalans or the Hondurans that are the problem, but it's the West Africans, you know, the ones that have, you know, and they just what was it? One hundred and sixty uh Congolese crossed the border and you know the World Health Health Organization is saying that they're having an outbreak of Ebola. It's not climate change. It's Ebola coming through our southern border. Right. Well you, you know were, you know if you were to have me compare the two, the biggest threat is the diseases coming through our southern border. That's greater than climate change, if you ask me. It is because it's it's through mass migration that we have these things, you know, uh, throughout history. That's how it's happened. Uh, so it's pretty it's pretty interesting that uh, the Democrats are willing not only to allow drugs and crime and human and and child trafficking, but now they're OK with disease, too. And when people start dying then what? What are they going to do? Have an outbreak at a shelter so that way we could put all hands on deck and cure them all? What are we going to do? Yeah. Our, our border patrol that are in that spot that can get sick, 
it's it's really really it's 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 a very bad situation uh so it's um pretty incredible we're constantly arresting people that are threatening our nation terrorists another one was just arrested a jihadi immigrant from bangladesh was uh arrested for plotting a massacre in times square uh you know because the person was trying to buy illegal guns and they tracked them down and they were just arrested i mean it's really insane what's going on and None of these Democrats are doing anything, Scott. They're doing absolutely nothing. No, I mean, and this is a great example. John Dean, who means nothing to anybody. There's not one thing that can come of this except for just, you know, Democrats getting into the mud, going low, and trashing our president. And this is just like immediately after the president comes back from a European trip where he was a rock star around the world, gave one of the greatest speeches he's ever given in Normandy. I mean, a true patriot. And while he's on the plane, he picks up the phone and actually gets more out of Mexico than we have ever gotten from them in history just by picking up the phone and threatening a tariff. You know, so he's a rock star, in my opinion. Yes. But these Democrats, they just going back to that same old well that's just going to lose it for them. Right. Well, you know, I don't think Biden can recover with the links to China with his family, you know, and, uh, you know, the more they trash the president, the better he looks. Uh, what he's doing at the border with the tariffs, I say it. I'm disappointed that he pulled out. I would have left the 5% and say, let's see how that works. If you do a good job, I'll pull it out. If not, we'll raise it to 10%. That's what. That's how I would have done it. But I guess, you know, we have to give some uh, to get some. He wants that right. country. Right. He wants that. Right. And on, and, and on that note obviously my commercial software isn't working uh to cue it but i'd like you to tell everyone where they can um find you yeah and uh we'll have a podcast up there every day and also you can check me out uh from 8 a.m to 9 a.m on red state and from 9 to 12 noon across the country over at Talkstream live and and over at scottadamshow.com you can hear us Awesome. Bye. And and Scott, on that note, like uh, with just these few seconds left, what do you think is going to come out of this whole um, John Dean thing? Like what will be their outcome? Nothing but embarrassment. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what, I, that's what I, I was going to say. <laughs> Nothing but them sucking their thumb <laughs> and embarrassment. Yeah. I agree. Well, thank you for coming to the Tory Says Show. Everyone, thank you for tuning in from all of us here at Red State. God bless, and I'll see you all here again tomorrow, 12 to 2. Have a wonderful evening.